This is Disney master artist Kevin John, and when I'm in my studio, I love listening to the Mickey Dudes podcast. And now, from the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, it's the Mickey Dudes podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dude Podcast. Tonight, I'm joined from the Keystone State by our producer, Greg Nevis. I regret nothing, ever. And my co-host, Pat Gennetti, is stuck on a monorail or something, so he can't be with us tonight. So we have the pleasure of recording with some supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Mickey Dude rotating commentators. Tonight, we have, from the Midwest... Tim Sweska. For only $149.99 plus park admission, you too can be a part of Goofy Sunrise Yoga. From across the pond, we have Stephen Maxwell. I'm surrounded by idiots. You are. And from the frozen tundra, we have Chuck Fitzgerald. For starters, it's not that cold. Secondly, what do they know? They're tourists. And it's only appropriate tonight that we start with a ranting Scotsman segment because we're all going to be ranting today about our pet peeves in the parks. So, Stephen, take it away. We're headed across the pond to the ranting Scotsman, Stephen Maxwell. Okay, what's been getting my goat today? Parades. Parades are great. Parades you wait for hours on, waiting for the the float to fly by with your favourite character. All smiling, all singing, all dancing, very interactive with the crowd. You wait ages for that float to come by. Would it be the three o'clock, the not so scary, or the Christmas one? I love them all. But up until recently, all of a sudden you're getting a bank of iPads to look through rather than actually seeing the parade. I could do that. I could do that back in the house. I could do that through somebody else's periscope recording. They're doing their own memories for their own self. But they're not even doing that, because while they're recording, they're actually looking at the parade through their own iPad. Do you think that's interactive? Do you think that's making the most of your holiday? I don't think so. And that is what's poking the angry bear today. So eloquently put, my friend. Thank you. Anytime. And with that, we come to our next ranting section of the show. Today we're going to be talking about park manners. The lack of manners that guests have. How we end up offsetting that with our nice manners in the parks. We're talking things from jumping lines, to acting entitled, to walking four across down Main Street as you're trying to get to your fast pass. Gentlemen, what are some lack of manners that you've noticed in the park, and how do you offset it? Let's start with Chuck. Good evening, everyone. I'd like to speak to you all this evening about a very, very important matter. The cast members in Walt Disney World, they are not there to be your slaves. They are paid by a multi-billion dollar corporation who makes the decisions. They are not the ones that are responsible for the decisions. They are paid minimum wage, if a little bit more, hopefully, um, but not very likely, to tell you that you need to be safe regardless of what your own opinions are. So if they ask you to do something, if they ask you not to do something, regardless of their age, regardless of their status, take it into consideration And don't take it out on that person. The person that you're talking to has zero 
um, impact on corporate decisions and things that their bosses tell them to do. So the 20-something-year-old cast member that you're talking to, the college program member that you're talking to, does not and should not bear the brunt of your fury because you can't let your child swing on the ropes in the lines. Well said. I tell you, I don't think I would be able to handle a week as a cast member because I am just pure New York City and I have absolutely no patience when it comes to people. And if I had to do my job and somebody gave me an attitude, I'm the type that would give it right back to them. And in Disney, you can't do that. I could probably play the role for a while, but something would just bubble up. That's why I never had the... uh, desire to be a cast member i don't want to work where i play you know what i can understand that i've done customer service to some extent for uh almost the better part of 10 years now um it's very very difficult at times to tell to not tell people exactly what you think of them and being in a place like disney world where people are so um full of themselves to some extent or they feel that they know the best way you know what? I think I would make it about 15 seconds before I was told, all right, you know what? That's enough. Well, you see, I can do it in some ways because for the last 18 years, I've worked part-time in a hotel. So uh, at that point, I only work one day a week at the hotel now, so I can really play the part for one day. And the rest of the week, I'm a high school teacher, and the way I run my classroom, it's my way or the highway. So I kind of get that... uh, I kind of get those two types of uh, roles at uh, different times. So I can stifle it for that amount and just be as sweet as pie when I have to be. But I think day in and day out, I would just blow. What what I admire most about a lot of the cast members is they are they take things in stride so well. You can definitely tell they're trained very well. They're very selective on whom they pick. They, these are remarkable, remarkable, sometimes, you know, young kids and to not tell some of these people exactly what you think of them or exactly what they can do with some of their ideas. It's just insane. I mean, it's, it, it really, really gets, uh, gets on your nerves because especially if something says, and I'm sure you've all seen it, the big do not climb on this immediately means somebody climbs on it. I don't know about you guys, but I'm old, I'm grumpy, I could not do that job. I would lose it before the end of my first day. So I'm just to the point in my life where if I see somebody doing something that they shouldn't be doing, they're going to hear from me. And um, it just, it would not be a good job for me. Exactly, Greg, agreed. Get off my lawn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just think a lot of people see these signs and it's as if it's challenge accepted don't do it so that's the first thing I'm going to do and when they get the cast members telling them not to do it that's when they kick off but again as you say Chuck they're only doing their job you know don't take it out on them it's like anybody else doing their job why would you wouldn't accept it in your life so why should you give it out when you're on holiday I have witnessed some deplorable abuse of cast members and one thing that I always try to do on every trip is pick one cast member who uh, just seemed to stand out as far as friendliness or service and 
I always make sure that I note them and I go over to uh, City Hall to sing their praises just just for the fact that people like to complain constantly. I figure at least let them hear something good and I don't know if it works in Disney World as far as for their promotions. I know in Disneyland that's something that might be the case and on the cruise line but if these people are going to make a uh, career out of it if they plan to if some good recommendations end up in their fo- in their file, that might be a uh, catalyst to uh, something bigger and better within the company. So I don't know if that has any uh, sway on them. But in case it does, I just kind of like to uh, always basically just uh, pay it forward by going over there and singing their praises. Agreed. I think, uh, Dave, I think both you and... Uh you and Steven make a uh, wonderful points. Uh, it's, uh, you know, sing, sing their praises. Tell, tell, you know, they hear the bad, tell them the good too. And exactly. I think a lot of people see it as a, Oh, I can challenge authority. The sign isn't there for you to challenge authority. The sign is there. So you don't get hurt, drive the insurance up and my ticket doesn't go up. So don't be a moron and quit it. Tim, your ticket's going up either way. I know, but I don't want any other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Just mitigate the amount. Of the increase. Exactly. Okay, I have one. We are the Mickey Dudes. We are a podcast of men. Gentlemen, be men and give up your seat on the transportation. If you happen to have an empty bus, fine, sit down. But if a group of people come up, give your seat to an an elderly person, give your seat to a lady. Even give your seat to young children. Sometimes they're a little bit antsy. They get a little tired. They hit the wall. Offer your seat at this point. My friend Mark can attest to the fact that I have fallen asleep, standing up, hanging on to the straps of the bus, completely out cold at the end of the day after closing Magic Kingdom. There are videos of me on YouTube snoring, standing up on the bus with everybody just looking at me like I have ten heads. No, I agree, Dave. It's uh, that is something that should always, always be done, unless you know, unless there is something that physically makes you have to sit down. Yeah, get off your butt, Sir Galahad, and let somebody else have the seat. Yeah, I I agree with this one as well. Um, which is probably going to be a first because Dave and I have agreed on two consecutive things. Um, there, you know, the bus rides are twenty minutes. If there's a a woman, a child, you know, someone who needs the seat, why are you more important than them? And I don't think anybody could argue that one. Exactly. You know, you, no. No. Because uh, no. you know, plain and simple, it's it, it, like like you said, Chuck. It, it's a twenty minute ride at the most. I mean, for God's sakes, you know what? If if you if you have difficulty standing for twenty minutes, then you need to be on your feet in the first place. Well, at that, it's not like they're making you run it. You, yeah. You're just standing there. Well, you're speaking there, of that, you can support yourself. You're not running a marathon. You're not running across Osceola Drive. You're just standing. Yeah, you're not playing speaking human frogger. Exactly. That was the only time that ever happened with me where I walked onto a bus, and I was fin- I just finished the marathon. And instead of taking one of the uh, Run Disney buses, I was trying to uh, be slick because there was way too much of a line. And we finished at Epcot, 
So I went over to the regular buses to get back to my hotel where there wasn't as much of a line. And an elderly couple came in, and I was still completely all sweated up from the run. It was a hard run. I looked like I'd been through the ringer, and I had my uh, bib on still. And they came up, and I immediately got up to offer them the seat. And they looked at me, and they said, We slept in all morning. You just ran. You sit down. And... (laughs) I was in so much pain at that point where I just looked at them and said, are you sure? And I gave it, I gave them three chances to say no. At that point, I did take them up on it. I felt bad doing it, but I was just dead at that point. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to be out there calling people out, I got to be honest too and say, you know, yeah, there are times where it did, it did happen with me once. So fair is fair. Well, no, bra- bravo, bravo on show code. I, you know, I applaud you good form, but you know what? I think that can be a little bit of an exception. If you've run 26 miles and you are in physical pain, yeah, go ahead. It might have been a half marathon at that point. Like, you know, I'm lazy like that, so. So that makes sense. may have just put his bed on just to get a seat <laughs> in the bus. Yeah, 13.1. I'm lazy like that. Dave runs marathons just so he can have a seat on the bus. We figured it out. <laughs> always get his bib in his back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's one of the things. When you get in the bus, you, you see people coming on. You know, you, you see women, even small kids. You know, when we were there the last time, the first thing you do is stand up. Even when and my kids at that point were probably about 10 and 13, uh, even at that point, you know, I would, I would make them stand up and give the seat to an adult especially being a woman or a, a child or an elderly person. And it's just something you do. It's just the amount of times you actually look down the bus and see folk just sit, sitting there next to a woman who's standing. And you think, what's wrong mm-hmm. with you? You know, where's, where's your, your your politeness? Where's You just can't get away with it. It's incredibly disappointing, but you know what? Every trip, I can count on that happening, and it does. Get on the bus, and there's able-bodied men stand or uh, sitting when there's women or elderly folk or even children. It's really disappointing, and I hate to see it. So that's where you're back to your your entitlement. You know, I'm entitled to a seat in the bus, so I'm not getting up. I think so. And I hope for our female listeners that. You don't think that we're being chauvinistic, automatically giving our seat to women. We prefer to think that we're being chivalrous. But if you do have any other uh, views on this, please tweet us at the Mickey Dudes. Well, to me, it has nothing to do with chivalry or chauvin- chauvinism. It's I, I would I treat. I've always said this, and I've I've always said this to my wife. I've always said this to a lot of people. I treat every woman I encounter the way I would want someone to treat my wife, my mother, my friends. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to live by. Yep. Excellent. Tim, what about you? Well, I am going to be going with do not act like you are the only person at the Walt Disney World Resort. They run through millions of visitors every year. I've got news for you folks. You're not that special. You are very, very interchangeable. You are very expendable. We understand that you're on vacation. We understand you're there to have a good time. But be observant of the world around you. If you're walking down the street, don't stop in the middle of it decide to open up a map. Yeah. Because most likely, considering you're in a crowded theme park, there's probably somebody walking behind you. 
You wouldn't stop in the middle of the street to read a map. I mean, you wouldn't stop in the middle of the street to read a map while you're driving. Why are you doing it when you're walking? Get out of the way. Let traffic continue. Be observant. Also, if someone is if someone is being helped by a cast member, wait your turn. There are people there read, readily available to help you at all times. God forbid you may have to wait a few seconds while they help someone else with a problem. They are not going to run off immediately after addressing the other the other guest's issue. Wait your turn. Again, you're not the only person at the park. That also, I have to, I'll have to go into it, is control yourself and your family when you're at a restaurant. It is not a jungle gym. It is not a personal playground. It is also not your local dive bar where you should be getting hammered eight ways from Sunday and behaving however you want. Again, there are other people around. Quit acting like you're the only people there. Quit acting like you're the only, you know, the only people in the restaurant, the only people in the bar. Again, it's it's not that hard. Don't be a jerk. Totally with you on that one. Gentlemen, any feedback? I uh, I have to agree. You, you know, the, the self-entitlement of people right now, uh, it really is indicative of everything that's wrong with society. Participation trophies are the norm. You should not be given a trophy just for existing and you should realize that there are other people that are around um i don't understand what the difficulty is i mean we kind of touched on it with the giving up your seat on the bus but there's people that are not you that also are here on their vacation they paid for things just like you did they they may have paid more they may have paid less that doesn't matter let them enjoy it too you are not the only person that is important while you're there so, you know, and at that, sometimes go the extra step. Make someone else's vacation magical just by being nice to them. So just once again, just you got to realize, like, like Tim said, you're, you're not the only person there. But I, I do argue, have one small argument. Tim, you said people wouldn't uh, stop in the middle of the road to read a, a road map. I, I have to agree. But that's only because they're reading the map while they're actually driving. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I <laughs> agreed. I mean, if if you ever wonder if the collective IQ of the nation is going up or going down, take a twenty minute trip on a highway. You'll come back believing we are doomed for all time, and it's going to happen in the next twenty minutes. Well, you know what it is now. People get their license from a box of cracker jacks. Uh, there's. <laughs> it seems like people are getting diplomas from cracker jacks too. So. <laughs> exactly, and you know what? I'm going to go on a little rant here, but. Uh... Chuck mentioned that everybody gets a trophy type thing, and I am so relieved that all the children in my family are beyond the Playhouse Disney days, because as much as I love Disney, it used to drive me nuts when I had my niece around, and she would be watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and they would play a game, and then all of a sudden, everybody's a winner. No, life does not work like that. That's Disney right there, creating a sense of entitlement for these children who are later going to come to their parks when they are adults, expecting magic moments, expecting that everybody is going to kowtow to them. And yes, cast members should at that point, that is their job, but everybody else around them is not obligated to do so. And it's just creating more of a problem. I know it's something on a small scale, but good one, Disney. 
Well, but also remember, as far as the cast members, no, the cast members cannot say, you know, the cast members cannot tell these people how they feel about them. But if you encounter someone being verbally abusive or treating uh, treating a uh, cast member poorly, we can tell them how we feel because we're the guests. <laughs> and other guests, too, because I have had a famous argument with a woman in the middle of World Showcase on a night where we were all coming out of the um, candlelight processional, there was a bottleneck and people were not moving. And I'm just waiting my turn to pass, thinking, okay, there obviously has to be a reason why this line isn't moving. There's a woman right behind me. She's screaming at everybody, come on, everybody, move it, push your way through, let's go, let's go. And then she starts throwing the curses. Hmm. I got so annoyed. I turned around and I looked at her and I'm like, do you think there might be a reason why we're not moving at this point? Everybody is waiting. There has to be a reason. Quiet down and wait your turn like everybody else. Sure enough, there was an elderly woman that fell and they were trying to help her and people were trying to make way so that the uh, cast members uh, can bring EMS through that helped this woman through at that point and everybody was just being polite and trying to go through at this point we had this woman down a couple pavilions down screaming off the top of her lungs at people and i just was not in the mood and i let her know about it bravo for you for telling her and uh also uh extra points on the self-control for not throwing her in the uh, world showcase lagoon (laughs) well i am a gentleman at so but at that point i don't take no crap either no, I mean, there's no reason for people to be swearing and cursing when they're in Walt Disney World. It's meant to be the happiest place on earth. And I know people get frustrated at things, but there's absolutely no reason for things like that. And as you say, if there's a if there's a stop when people are actually not moving, there must be a reason for it. Everybody else moves, it flows, even when you're going for the monorail, you know, at the end of the night of the Magic Kingdom, when you're leaving through uh, Epcot, Everything flows. If it stops, there must be a reason for it. And just take your time and just be patient. You'll get there at the end. Why would you want to leave Disney World anyway? And Stephen, Dave, there's uh, the the one thing. Gentlemen, you are perfectly, perfectly right, and I completely agree with you. But the problem is, is you two gentlemen possess something that some of these people we're speaking of do not. Logic. That too, yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you use you you're using logic, and right now logic sometimes is a big big uh, mortal sin to some people. Yeah, logic has uh, definitely gone the way of the dodo. But you know, Dave, this doesn't just happen in Disney World. How many of us have ever flown into Disney World and had people try to push to get off the plane? I mean, oh, where yeah. are you going to go from the back of the plane? You have 30-some-odd, 60-some-odd rows of people to try to get through. But don't worry there, sir. You are more important than everyone else. You you go run to your um, taxi cab. The best is when you meet them on the same Magical Express bus. And you sit there for about an hour. And you just, <laughs> as you walk in, you just give them the stink eye. And you just the best way about that when you want to stare somebody down is just stare at the middle of their forehead. You don't have to stare them in the eye. You think that it just gives them this weirded out feeling and everything. Just look at them in the middle of their forehead. They can't. They can't really figure out where you where they're looking at you. But you get your point across. 
I'd rather give them a smug smile. Oh, I've done that too. Middle of their foreheads usually with their eyes out anyway. No, this is above. (laughs) I just got that. Hello. Love it. (laughs) Wow. Mike Wazowski. Now it is time for me to go take my blood pressure medication. Steven, what do you got for us? Yeah, mine is with the fireworks and parades. Uh, It's never ever going to work. People standing the side of the road waiting for the parade hours ahead of it coming down the road or they take up their piece of real estate prior to the the fireworks coming in about an hour beforehand they've got their perfect view fantastic it says they've got all their their food and their drinks and they're having a great time it says and then you always get right at the last minute is somebody pushing in or they're saying oh it says can my child just squeeze in right in front of you it says, if these people were as good parents as they thought they were going to be, they'd have been there at the same time as you an hour beforehand to secure their place. It says, it's just not the case for adults. It says, you're, you're securing that place for your memories, for your child's memories, and even for, just for pictures or just so that you have a good time. I said, I remember being at the bridge uh, in the hub between uh, in Tomorrowland. It says, and I had a perfect view of the castle. It says, and they're waiting for wishes to commence. And a cast member came over to herself and asked the guests to move away from the side of the fence. Yeah, okay, it was a thoroughfare so that everybody could get through. As soon as we walked away from that, people started filling our space as well. Uh, so we felt a wee bit disgruntled at that. So the, we were saying to the cast member, you've just moved us, why don't you move them? Of course... It came to a point where the cast member just disappeared. Everybody else had their space and we're in the middle of a a pack, you know, having to peer over the top of people to see the the fireworks at the end of the night. It says, where was the cast member? Not anywhere to be seen. I'm not saying anything that would get bad really about the cast member. It's the fact that entitlement, you know, people feel as if they can just roll up at the, the last second to do things and just take your space or push it just that wee bit in front of you. I've seen fights happen and I've nearly been in the middle of a fight where somebody's actually pushing and pushing to try and get in to see a parade and it's just not worth it. Now you see, whenever I'm waiting for a parade or fireworks or something, what I normally do is, uh, and you won't see me actually waiting for a parade unless it's boo to you at that point. If I happen to come across it, I will watch the parade, but I don't mind being a couple in because I've seen them already. And for fireworks, six of one, one half dozen of the other. But I always look behind me. If there's a child that is behind me and I happen to be up at the curb, I have absolutely no problem turning to the parents, moving over and saying, if you want to, if you want to put him or her in front of me, and I'm more than welcome to. And I just... I. I have no problem putting someone shorter than me in front. If there's somebody shorter than me, I'll offer them. I'll offer to let them go in front of me at that point because I can see above their heads at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. Says, but it's it just seems to be that people feel as if they can just turn up right at the last minute and and just push into the front of the queue. All right, it says, okay, if I just squeeze in there, it says, there's just a wee space there. Right, there's no space there. (laughs) It says, just wait your turn. 
especially with fireworks. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously I'm putting fireworks and parades into the same sort of ge- genre, but fireworks are in the sky. You know, it's very, very hard not to see them. This is so. Just take your time. Just sit back and just don't push in in front of people. I agree, Stephen, and uh, I I agree. People, uh, people in that case, when they try to pull things like that and skate in at the last minute, one of my favorite phrases to them is always, "Poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine." <laughs> yeah, that, that's you know what. Th- there's something that Dave said that uh, kind of is a little bit of a branch off of this one. Um, Dave, you said you could let a child in front of you because you could see over their head, correct? Yes. Well, you know what's not okay? What? Putting the child on your shoulder. Oh, so now you have this nine-foot-tall monster child blocking everyone behind them. If you're nine feet tall and you're in Disney, that's your own thing. And uh, then you have the nimrods that then pull out their iPads and hold them above their heads yeah. and video everything on top of their iPads. That one I have said something about. The best Twitter account is iPadography. See, I have, I have Periscoped before. Nine-foot-tall children are extremely high. So I have to ask, who's... I'm sorry, go ahead. There are toddlers who can't see over six feet people. Not not them. (laughs) (laughs) That is classic. Uh, Yeah, I mean, as I was saying, with the the iPads and everybody just hooking them up and you've got a whole line of them in front of you, you'd be as well staying in your house and watching the parade because if you're seeing it through somebody else's iPad, Periscope is a wonderful thing for... (laughs) But not going to the parks and actually seeing it live. You see, the only thing with that is, I often wonder when I'm watching Periscope if this person is actually holding it above their head and doing the Periscope that way, and they're uh, blocking the view of somebody else. Because I always so try on it? every trip to uh, Periscope under the Mickey dudes, and the first thing I'm trying to do is while I'm doing it, I'm trying to make sure that my Periscope is uh, one, being able to show whoever's following us what's going on, but two, I'm also trying to make sure that I'm not impeding on anybody else's good time. And truth be told, that's why at the beginning, mine are a bit jumpy at that point. I'm trying to find the balance to uh, give the good story, but also not get in the way of anybody else trying to enjoy their time in the parks. Greg, what do you have? All of us, you know, have been lucky enough to and fortunate enough to uh, have visited the parks many times, okay? But there are a lot of people who are going for the very first time. And one of my biggest pet peeves are the folks who have been there before who insist on ruining the experience for those who have, that's their first trip. Trying to think of of some examples and, and one that comes to mind, kind of a classic story is... The Jungle Cruise. You're on the Jungle Cruise and you're sitting there. You have people on either side of you calling out the punchlines to the jokes, ruining the experience for other guests. And also, you know, it kind of, it's a killjoy for the skippers because they have put a lot of time and energy and effort into learning that script and delivering it in such a way that is, you know, the timing's right and it's funny. And then you have people who will just verbatim recite the thing because they've been on it so many times and they forget that the people sitting next to them haven't. So I find that very frustrating. And I'm going to roll in another 
pet peeve of mine is when you're on a dark ride. Haunted Mansion, for instance. You're moving into the room where Madame Leota, her head is floating. And that's a really neat scene, how, how they levitate the head and everything. And then somebody takes a picture with Flash. And then you see the cables that are suspending a globe that her head is in. And I can't tell you how many times that's happened. There's cables? Yeah, unfortunately, because I've seen them. And I've responded with yelling, no Flash photography. And it never fails. Somebody does it. Or when you're on the seas with Nemo and somebody takes a picture of the aquarium which then the flash bounces off and hits you in the eye and, you know, kind of blinds you for a second. That's not going to do you any good for a picture. All you're going to see is a big white blob on your photo. It's just try to be considerate when you're at the parks and people are there for the very first time. Don't ruin it for them. I will make a confession. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I am guilty of this one. Both... uh... On Pirates, I went to try to take some pictures a few times, and I always forget to turn my flash off. I always try to... One time I thought I had it on off, and it was on auto. The flash went off. I always feel terrible when that does happen. Um, As far as the ruining the rides, uh, you all know my story of 43 times on, on a small world to raise money for Give Kids the World. Well, when I did it, we had about 20 people at times doing it. Uh, at different times, a whole group of us came on and were doing it uh, for different different length, uh, lengths of time. It all depended on how much money we raised, how long we had to ride. And there were times where we had a whole boat to ourselves, but other times we were split up into other boats. And after a while on that ride, you kind of get numb to it. So the entire time we're having conversations. One time we realized, oh, wait a minute, we can't be talking now because there are other people in this boat. We don't want to... Uh, interrupt their experience and everything so we were we were very careful but for maybe one or two thinking back to it there we realized oh shoot there were probably people on our other boats while we're having these conversations totally ignoring the it's a small world ride just kind of catching up with people that we hadn't seen for a while after riding this ride over and over again we totally probably were guilty of that and once one of us called us once we realized this and somebody called it to our attention. We're like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that can't that can't be going on. So we were very conscious for the rest of the day where if we had our own boat, and there were many times we had our own boat, especially towards the end when there were just a few of us left, they gave us our own boat and let us stay on. That At that point, we fooled around the entire time. But once we had other guests come onto a boat with us, we were on our best behavior because while we were going crazy, they were having a good time. So we did not want to impede on their uh, good time. And to this day, I feel, I feel really guilty about that because I probably did ruin somebody's small world experience being part of that. Well, first off, that's extenuating circumstances. And secondly, you had awareness about it. And once you realized, you stopped. So there's just people who, who just don't get it. And they're going to do what they want to do and don't really care about the guests around them. And I, I find that lack of ignorance just, to me, I, I, it's just disgusting, you know? Uh, Dave, your penance is 10 Mary Poppins and 3 Hunt for the Bears cartoons. So there's uh, your path to absolution, sir. <laughs> Can I snort a spoon full of sugar? Why not? It'll probably make the Mary Poppins go a lot faster. I wouldn't do that, though. It burns.
Mm. Not even going to get into that. I don't want to know. Greg, (laughs) Greg, I I do have to uh, go back to just something you touched on, and I just, I am so glad that you brought up the Jungle Cruise. Exactly. Let the skipper do the work. That is that is the essence of the Jungle Cruise. That's the essence of the ride. You know, Absolutely. And even even if it's somebody even if it's not somebody's first time, a lot of us traveled down there to get on the Jungle Cruise and we didn't get on to listen to some jack wagon from Saginaw, Wheeling, or Sacramento say the lines. I got on there to hear the skipper say the lines. Congratulations, I'm glad you memorized the ride. I doubt you have an eidetic memory. You're just probably annoying as hell. But right on. But for those, but for those <laughs> eight go. minutes, Preach. shut up. I do not mm-hmm. care about you. And we're gonna find out if the crocodiles are real or not because I will throw you to them. <laughs> Tim, you're throwing down the gauntlet because remember you are coming to do the Jungle Cruise Challenge with me this year and. We have scripts for each time we ride. Sometimes we're gonna pretend we don't speak English. Sometimes we're gonna we're gonna laugh when it's not appropriate to laugh. Sometimes we're gonna laugh uncontrollably at the jokes, like they're the funniest things we ever heard. So we're gonna have to find a balance for that one. Oh, there's, I I'll I'll, I'll apologize in advance to anyone listening to this that you are going to have to deal with probably the two biggest antagonists in our podcast group, myself and Dave. Uh, We would probably be able to start a fight with a lizard in the Mojave Desert. Uh, I apologize. (laughs) I'm sorry to your family, to your friends, to the skippers, to little baby Jesus, to to everything. Yes. (laughs) And to our fellow podcast members, uh, because, yeah, you'll hear it. (laughs) <laughs> be afraid alrighty so we've gone around for each one does anybody want to throw a couple more out I'm liking this conversation let's continue well I will throw out one that uh, I believe it was either Greg or yourself touched on earlier and that is with all of the with the family walking four or five or even six wide all the way down a thoroughfare oh do not get me started on this one Go ahead. this this is something that uh, okay this is not the long riders you are not jesse james and the younger gang you are not walking down main street at high noon getting ready to rob a bank cut your crap (laughs) and also parents quit trying to throw your children in as blockers okay i know it's you doing it don't try to blame the kid as i was saying earlier when we were talking mungo only pawn in game of life i know who's doing it the kid's Mungo, you're Headley Lamar, and we always go after Headley Lamar. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I knew it was coming, but I can't stop laughing. <laughs> and complaints can go to the Mickey dudes at gmail.com. We'll probably delete them, but. Attention, Tim. Attention, Tim. <laughs> or. If you have that much of a complaint, you can always write down your complaint on a $20 bill and send them to us. We'll be sure to read them. (laughs) (laughs) I do have another thing to add to this. Um, Tim, you touched on people walking six wide across Main Street. What about people that use their strollers as weapons? Your child does not want to be hurled into someone else's ankles so you can get on test track faster, lady. Or man, sir. 
<laughs> it was the, the specific instance that I'm thinking of was a lady. But your child is supposed to be the most important thing. It's not supposed to be a battering ram. Please remember that. Don't use it as such. And we probably shouldn't refer to children as it, but... While we're on the subject, let's use some common sense. Do not cut right in front of an ECV. If you get ran over, you're getting what you deserve. Exactly. That's that's, That's called Darwin's work. Why don't we go one step further? Don't cut in front of other people. I... Dave... I believe you touched on this, that you might be guilty of it. Do you have another story to tell us? Which one is this? Something to share with the class? Cutting in front of other people. <laughs> I'm actually throwing, drawing a blank. If you give me, if you, uh, give me another idea, I will ha- happily... Uh, Reading a map in the middle of the street? Or on the highway? I've never done that. Oh, okay, my apologies. I thought, maybe, I thought you had actually said earlier before... That you had been guilty of that attempt no. too. No, I've had a couple of times where I was rushing to get to a fast pass and people are moving in front of me, and all of a sudden they've stopped just to look at the castle straight through. Ah. Or when you're trying when you're trying to get out, and I happen just to be a very fast walker. I'm from New York City, so it's just one of those things that's in my DNA. So when I get off the monorail, I'm just go go go. And it never fails where you have a family that will be walking four or five across. And then you have, all of a sudden, you have these two or three little toddlers that will cross right in front of you. And, of course, it's not the child's fault at that time. It's, I have to watch where I'm going. If I end up running into a child, that's shame on me. But it's one of those things where I have been, had a couple of close calls where I'm walking really fast and... All of a sudden, a kid has has uh, pretty much cut in front of me, and before I could even stop, and the poor kid, as I'm c- continuing to go, I realize what's happening. I have someone right behind me. I stop because the kid is there. I have people running in- into me because I stopped because I stopped for the child. I'd rather have somebody run into me than me walking fast and accidentally punting a kid into the Seven Seas Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> Whose insurance is liable if you get rear So It's whoever runs into the back of you. As long as they don't bleed on my shirt if they break their nose. The uh, and I'll, I have to also touch a little bit on uh, what, what you said, Chuck. Completely, completely agree with using the stroller as a battering ram, as pretty much ballista. That and let's just launch it at someone with regard to their lower extremities just so we can get somewhere 30 seconds faster. Again, another another one of those instances where you're using your kid as a shield and you think I'm not going to say anything to you because your child's present. Well, bad news. Your child is going to learn sooner or later you're an inconsiderate idiot. <laughs> and I have no problem informing them, informing them in front of you. I will let them know. I'm sorry. Life might be a little bit harder because it's obvious that daddy's a moron. (laughs) Well, it's not untrue, unfortunately. Oh, it's absolutely... I I do have another one if no one else has anything. You, uh... Most of us have gone a long ways at considerable expense to, to go to the parks. So, this one's real simple. Look up. What is your phone going to show you or tell you that you can't see that's right in front of you and, you know, a million times better perspective? You know, we, we touched upon it with iPad, iPadography. Um, 
you're experiencing your vacation through a four and a half inch screen as opposed to actually experiencing your vacation. So you're not going to cut people off. You're not going to break your ankle on the uh, rails on Main Street. If you're just looking up, paying attention to everything around you, I mean, you're there. That's kind of why we all wanted to go on vacation is to go to Disney. So while you're there, you should actually be there. It, exactly, exactly, Chuck. It's uh, And unfortunately, it's a problem that we see every day, regardless of whether you're in Walt Disney World or not. But exactly, if you're, if you're traveling a certain directional path and you decide to look down and you do not realize you have now veered into my directional path, I'm not moving for you. <laughs> and I got news for you. I'm going to win. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call a, an exception to that rule. When you are walking on Main Street in the middle of Wayne Street, absolutely look down. You know how many times I almost broke an ankle walking into the trolley tracks? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. That, all right, there's your exception. Don't break your ankle, but don't be looking down at your cell phone. Run Disney events. I always sweat going through the um, going through Main Street USA. I like to run up Main Street. A lot of people will say, okay, well, it's the time to really savor the moment, walk up Main Street and everything. I'm in a race. I do a run-walk method, but when I get onto Main Street USA... I always run up Main Street. I make sure that I am in the middle of the train tracks just so that I, well, trolley tracks, so that I will not end up wiping out because I see so many people having accidents going, they're trying to move off to the side, weave around people, and next thing you know, they're getting their toes caught up in the tra- in the tracks. There is one part where all three of them kind of intersect together, so I'm always kind of... Uh, Leery of that part, I know it's towards the middle of Main Street where it happens, and it happens again at the hub. So I kind of just know it's coming around at that point. I look down at that point, but I've had times where I was walking out, and you always have uh, parents who end up uh, renting those strollers. Those strollers are notorious with those skinny wheels for getting caught in those uh, tracks. I've run into parents with that. That I can't blame them for because they're just that's just a fluke accident. Disney needs to really redo the wheels of their uh, strollers, make them a little fatter than those uh, tracks because I see so many people getting caught up in those trolley tracks that way. And I never understood why they never fixed it. And a child gets thrown out the buggy straight away. That I've never seen. <laughs> I hope I never do see that. Actually, that and another thing is there. There's that's that kind of brings me just to a really just a. I know it's going to be a touchy point, but also, it's it's necessary. I. Not everybody needs a stroller. I understand oh, yes. maybe the kid is maybe tired sometimes. I understand that maybe you have things to carry. Just because. You may have an adolescent in your group or a child or whatever does not mean you need to bring in this freaking Bradley vehicle of of a baby carrier that takes up half of the street. I mean, for crying out loud, I've seen I've seen deuce and a half actually take up less room than some of these things and they have everything in them for crying out loud. 
as a guy who has taught every grade from pre-K all the way up to 12th grade and everything in between, I will say straight out, and I'm not a father, so take this with a grain of salt, but as a teacher, I'm going to say, if you're in any grade that has a number, you don't belong in a stroller. I like it. Well put. <laughs> all right. Anybody have anything else before we wrap up? Yeah. Oh, one, one big thing is line jumping. This is that's a big bone of contention in the parks. I said, you'll always get the one person that needs to go to the bathroom uh, or is running late and wants to be next to their, their party when they're doing the, the big rides. I says, nobody ever bothers with that. But it's the fact that maybe you'll have two, three, four, or even more people pushing in line saying, oh, I'm just trying to catch up with my party. That's when it becomes a wee bit galling. Not just for you, but for the hundreds of other people that have been waiting 40, 50 minutes in a queue for the same ride that they're trying to get on, but pushing right the way through to the, the beginning. It always seems to be prevalent with groups of teenagers who are wearing the same sort of colour of shirt and carry flags about with them. It just seems to be that they're the ones that do it most of the time. And it, it just it gets to a point where one or two, yeah, Five, six, seven? No. It becomes a joke. I feel like we should be ending this now with a huge ranting cheer. But I'm going to let that one go. And I'm going to say to everybody, remember, take Sam the Eagle's advice. Be patriotic. Move all the way to the end of the row. Have a magical day, everyone. You've just listened to another exciting episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you again real soon. Stopping in the middle of the aisle is distinctly un-American.